It's the Redirect Podcast. Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck Team. Welcome back to episode 12 of the Redirect Podcast. It's Friday, August 11th. 2017. I'm Jason Dodge, and welcome once again by Patrick and Ashley from the Black Truck team. Uh, we'll go ahead and jump right into it. I believe, Patrick, you said you were going to play leadoff today, so I'm sure. going to let you share what you're reading, uh, maybe some insights, and what you're thinking. Sure. I actually found this article last week, and I wasn't able to share it last week because we ran out of time. So Old news. Uh, <laughs> it's old news, but it's relevant news that will always make sense. Um Designing content for the mobile-first index. Um, it's not so much just about having a mobile-friendly site, but it's making it readable. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A thing that we see too often is just not just a jumbled text and an improperly formatted web page when you're mobile, but just making it easier to read. Little shortcuts, little things to help people to make it more um, user-friendly. Um, some of the tips in here that I thought was pretty relevant and could... Um, Totally makes sense. Um, a table of contents that's clickable. Oh, oh so like yeah. that TLD. Yeah. No, not different <laughs> from a TLDR. Too long, didn't read. Um, that's actually one of the items that's on here. So like a table of contents would just straight up be like in a book. Mm. You know, if it's uh, you see it um, like in Wikipedia articles. Mm-hmm. If you read a wiki page, the, if it's long, they'll mm-hmm. have like a, a clickable TOC at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, Doing something, like even if it's simple, like that at the top of a page, mm. um, HTML headings that uh, you could click through or uh, follow through to so it's, it can read, you can, you can link to that proper spot. Um, accordion content, expandable content, I mm. thought that was an interesting one too. So it's, it's you got your little down carrot that you can yeah. open and so you can scroll through to better <clears throat> items. Um, filters to filter out long, large sections. The filters might be more applicable on um, maybe product type searches. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even blog posts. We've talked about uh, our, our new site even, mm-hmm. right? Uh, as having the filtering option of are you interested in uh, SEO only content? Are mm-hmm. you interested in PPC content? Right. Uh, and, and to be able to reshuffle the tiles. Right. In order to do so. um, and then a, a TLDR, too long hyphen. Yep. <laughs> didn't read mm-hmm. um not semicolon sorry mm-hmm. um those the the suggestion was to place it at, at the beginning or maybe even yeah. like in a bullet format because it um oftentimes you might see a summary like that at the bottom and who's yeah. gonna, who even knows that the summary is at the bottom they're not going to scroll to the bottom first uh you see it on a lot of news sites uh maybe some of the, the less than um oh sure top end news sites sure. you'll see like a bullet list of what's going on and i know sometimes i'll get first like why am i reading this a second time i just read it in the in the hyphen how do you feel book. about then to the uh like the medium approach of average read time of seven minutes would you would you take that uh-huh. into account on a on a mobile um, this, I, I don't think this article discussed average read time. Uh, oh, I know that. I'm just saying. Oh. What's your what, what oh, you, what's your um, opinion on it? Do you like it? Do you not? I I think that for like a, a summary at the top, I think it will. You're you're you have the risk of losing page view time. But at the end of the day, if they're getting the content that they need out of it, I don't know if it's 
if it matters if they're on the side. Yeah, does it get into the psychology of like, oh god, I don't have seven minutes to read this whole thing, even though we know the majority of readers are probably not going to read the whole thing. Yeah. Um, The biggest thing about all these points, too, I thought, it converts really well over to the desktop. Hmm. Because this will make the mobile read friendly. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's going to make on the desktop that much easier too. Not to say that we're that we're seeing sloppy content out there where there's a nice informative blog post. But when you see things like this organized properly, I know that I enjoy a website a little bit better when I can navigate and flow through mm-hmm. it proper, mm-hmm. um, and everything isn't hidden. You know, I, I feel like this is just one step to make the internet clean. You know, as far yeah. as hmm. organized better, and it's a great opportunity to make things. It's not really going to help with, like, your search ranking, I don't think, but it's going to help with um, friendliness, which will then will drive more traffic in the long run, which then could back-end mm-hmm. you back to a better relevancy. Mm-hmm. I Something that stuck out to me in the list that you shared is the accordion content. I think it's definitely useful for, for mobile, but I'm when you're talking about how that translates to desktop, I... I don't know. I've missed content before yeah. in an accordion. That's why I say it's got to be clearly marked. Sometimes yeah. the the carrot, the drop down carrot to open it up is is gray, and your backdrop is like it's not, it's not, not big enough. White. Yeah, you just can't mm-hmm. see it. Again, it's um, design friendly. Mm-hmm. It's got to be visible, yeah. even if it's the word expand. You know, it, well, it, in there for a while too, even accordion content or or tabbed content was uh, the question from an SEO perspective as well. If, why are we hiding content if it's true content? that we want a reader to see and to read and because the search engine is going to be able to read it because it's in the page. Right. But, you know, there were a lot of questions about whether or not that was uh, a legitimate play or not. But it, it very well, I mean, it's, it's completely fine now. But I think it's driven by mobile. Anything that I've read about that is that it's driven by mobile. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to go on the limb and say, like, you should tab every single page right. or you should, you know, you should have accordion for every single page because some of those we've been in situations where that accordion content actually would serve a better purpose mm-hmm. if it was on, if it lived on its own. Yeah. yeah. And again, it's going to be, yeah. uh, every page is going to be, what, you know, what would be a good example in your opinion of a product or service level page where you think that that, where that type of arrangement would, would put me on the spot, work, would work well. Um, I guess more of like a, a feature article that's really going down. Um, I, I know that I like to read um, more investigative type things, like long form news articles. And sometimes, if I'm scrolling through and like I've been reading for twenty minutes or something, and and I'll just, man, this is long. I'll like s- scroll and see how small the little scroller is on the side. Uh. And if there's like, if it's a little tiny dot of a scroller, I'm like, whoa, there is a lot of content mm. left here it will deter me from reading the whole article. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why going back to the um, having the time to read um, at the top of, of an article, I, I like that because I, then I know what I'm getting into. And if it's something that I can't read right now, then I'll usually you know bookmark it and go back to it later. It is interesting. So you've got um, some people read. Uh, Moz was using it for a while. They were doing the time to read. I don't think they're using it anymore. I don't think they're employing that. that is there science that behind it? Anymore. I don't know. It would be it would be a curious ask. Uh, so if anybody from Moz is listening to the Redirect podcast, uh, perhaps you could answer us, or we will tweet at you and we will try and find out um, the psychology of, of a user. 
Um, you know, I, I do think that there's a lot of benefit in it from an e-commerce perspective where if I land on a product and it's like, oh yeah, that's the product I'm looking for. This is great. Um, and I can quickly say, well, I want to look at the reviews or yeah. I, I can quickly look at that, that or specifications yeah. or right. things of that nature. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I see that, um, <clears throat> Jason, you and I share, uh, a, a passion for, um, do it yourself in the big box tool mm-hmm. stores. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that those have really good tab views to mm-hmm. get from specs to reviews to yeah. product descriptions. You go over to say an Amazon and they do not. Yeah. I do not like the way an Amazon product page flows to get to those reviews or to get to those questions to get to the specs because mm. it's, it's user generated mm-hmm. versus, um, you know, a Lowe's page is not user generated, mm. you know, and I, I there's a, I, I think that the flow of like a Lowe's page is a lot better than an Amazon product page. And let's face it, we do a lot of Amazon shopping. Mm-hmm. And we do a lot of decision making by those reviews. Right. And I can't get too easy. That's a good point. Ashley, are you jumping in? Sure. Do you have a segue? Sure. Um, no, I don't have a segue. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to go with it. <laughs> but um, I did want to share, and maybe this was something you were planning to share today, uh, the article that you had shared with us earlier this week from Sierra Interactive called uh, Direct Traffic is Dark Traffic, and mm. that's okay. Um, I was hoping that someone would bring it up because yeah. I wasn't going to, so it was okay, more great. of a throw it, throw it out there and, and let, let you guys great. take away on it. Well, I'll, you know, feel free to jump in whenever, but um, it's a great article just talking about how it's really hard to track where your traffic is coming from, and, uh, you know, you might get a lot of traffic showing up as direct in analytics and you just, you know, you're just not sure where that's coming from. So there's that problem of last click attribution, um, you know, in analytics, um, it's going to tell you the last click rather than, you know, maybe someone had landed on something else first or were, they were searching for this item first um, and then they were retargeted and somehow through a circle of events they landed up on this page and making a conversion. Mm-hmm. And so we've talked in the past about how Google is taking steps to address that. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, until this is all fixed, which may never be the case, um, I think that this article has some really great suggestions for how you can you can fix this issue of not knowing where your traffic's coming from. So um, my big takeaways, and I'm sure that you will have taken other things away from it, is um, using campaign tags for everything possible. Um, so I, that's definitely something that I'm going to hmm. take to heart and yeah. try to use more. Um, so um, for instance, I know that we talked about this week that you know Mailchimp will automatically um, attach campaign tags mm-hmm. for for any clicks in your in your emails, but um, a great takeaway from this article regarding campaign tags is uh, you can't track traffic coming from someone seeing your URL on a billboard mm-hmm. or hearing it on the radio. So um, Safe Sharif is the the <clears throat> guy that wrote this article. He talked about using um, custom URLs 
that redirect to a campaign URL mm. that you can then track in analytics. Mm. And I just think that's brilliant because there you go. You have a way to track the traffic that's coming from these efforts. I'd be curious, I'd be curious the number of people who see a billboard and are going to type that in versus actually go and search for the brand. So to kind of come full circle, sure. not to crush, not to crush his hopes and dreams of having campaign tracking integrated with offline advertising, but the majority of people, and, and maybe this is just my experience that I've seen, is that you drive by a billboard, it's like a second, right? You If, it, if that billboard makes an, an impact on you, you remember the brand, mm-hmm. and you're going to go and search for that brand. So maybe that's a more of a case of making sure your client is bolstered up on brand-related um, search phrases. Now, does that mean that that the we're accompanying the outdoor campaign with a paid search campaign where normally we wouldn't bid on company's brand name, but mm. in this case we might just to make sure and to help bolster that up. At the same time, we also hope that organically they're doing well. But um, I think that's an interesting thing, not to not to railroad it completely, but and maybe this is just a future piece of content we need to to discuss developing. But really, it's helping people understand what is dark dark traffic uh, a couple years ago is probably more like what is dark search what is dark social you know and you even think about how direct user visits that data gets skewed and explaining that to someone who's not in the trenches to understand that like well actually a direct visit could come from 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 a link in social well what do you mean you know, or it could come mm-hmm. from a link out of your email signature mm-hmm. or you know so it's really things have kind of gotten turned on their heads in the past, you know, 18 months and longer than that. And, and to be able to define that and explain it. Um, I think Sears has done a really good job of trying to, to explain that because what, it, what boils down to is uh, reporting on that becomes much more difficult. Yeah. You know, a featured snippet again, there's a lot of value in that and we can show click through rates go, go through the ceiling if you can nail a featured snippet, but what about, you know, what about the others that don't click on it? Do the search query, you were winning the featured snippet, but there's no traffic per se that comes from that. Hmm. You know, just being able to to report on that. And obviously there's tools out there, Moz does it to a certain extent, Stat does it. There's tools out there that help explain that, but the search marketers toolkit now has to be much larger. And, and you have to be a lot, uh, the, the depth at which you know uh, how to navigate those waters, I think, is becoming even harder. Hmm. Will that keep track of, it won't keep track of uh, second-time visitors? Like your history already has a memory of it. You start typing it in and your, the URL automatically fills in. You just hit enter. That's a direct visit, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, lot to th- there's a lot to think about. There's a lot to worry about there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that you said that your the marketer's toolkit has to open up and really dig deeper in that one. Mm-hmm. Did we completely railroad you? Sorry. No, no, not at all. I was hoping you would you would you know add to the discussion. <laughs> so and I know I didn't give a lot of context at the beginning no, about what that article was about, but it's a good read. Cool. Well, keeping on the uh, keeping on the theme of of maybe more. That's probably more in line with like managing like managing expectations of either online. Um, channel share or, or, or SEO is a really good article on search engine watch of, uh, from a couple days ago. I think it's, uh, August 9th from Kevin Gamache, Gamache, 
probably slaughtering the last name. Sorry, Kevin. Um, but it's it asks the question: Does it matter what department your SEO team is in? Oh yeah, I read this one. Uh, and it's it's good. It's it's probably more of a heartfelt top level. Doesn't get super deep in the weeds. It's a quick read. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the caveat that he opens with, there isn't one correct answer for how every company or agency should do do this. I I agree one hundred percent. So he, he runs through it as like optimal is it's a separate SEO department. It lives within the strategy department, the tech department with like developers and IT, within a digital marketing and advertising. It lives within your creative copywriters, your analytics team. What's interesting is he kind of is touching on both in-house and agency side. Um, you know, for us, the, the, since the, the big thing and basically the only thing we focus on is search, again, paid or organic, but we're really, that's what we're dedicated to. So it's like, we are the SEO department, mm-hmm. right? For either our clients or if we happen to be pulled in by an agency, um, you know, we are that SEO department. But if you were in-house, my my approach very much would be is, and, and it's amazing to me that the companies that are still very much siloed, that you want to have that SEO involved, um, you know, in a consistent basis. Um, if it's a new project from the ground up, um, think about it this way. If you were a, I'm thinking about a recent experience, I get pulled into a meeting. It's a very heavy um, engineering driven company. A lot of history, great brand, but they're just driven by engineering and product development. Not the not the other way around in terms of market research and need and demand. There's mm-hmm. not that hard fast data. Mm-hmm. So so what happens if the SEO was injected into those those at least on a conceptual basis of an engineering meeting to start talk about that product design and maybe they're in there with the product and category managers to say, hmm, interesting. Taking notes in the background, even fly on the wall. I'd love to be doing live research in those in those meetings yeah. just to kind of be able to disclose like, hey guys, nice idea. Um, dude, there's nobody searching for that. Or what your your idea is great, but I think we should call it X. So it's almost like if you were advising someone on content and what should we include yeah. in there and the approach, like why isn't that done at the product level or at the service level? Mm-hmm. Um, I've always said even like when a client's going through a site redesign, like we want to be brought in as early as possible on that on that process, even at the wireframe level if we can. Um, so if you're in-house or, or agency side, I think it's really important to try and have, now more than ever to have your, your SEO team should just be involved in communicating, not just communicating, like get that person brought into those key meetings that are happening. And there might be people who say that meetings are a waste of time, but no, I think you would be amazed if if you would bring an SEO into, into a particular meeting, whether it's a general marketing meeting, a communications meeting, you know, content or or kind of that that overarching just even business direction. I think they need to be in that meeting because there's a lot of value that 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 they will get out of it. There's a lot of value that sure. we get out of it. I'm not saying yep. that the SEO is always going to provide value to them. That might be a little bit of a pompous statement to make, but I think there's a lot to glean from that. Yeah, right? for sure. And so, um, so it, kind of taking a, a few things out of context here and in context with what Kevin had to say, I think it's a really great read. Um, but very, very few yet have, have I seen that are 
maybe as styled or broken up as the way that he sh he's shown it here. Uh, but yeah, you know, if you if you're a large um, you know Fortune 500 company and you have an analytics department and you're not talking with SEO or the SEO is not talking to the analytics department, yeah, you know, you're completely completely separated from from reality in that regard. So, or your PPC team's not talking to your SEO team. And you're not working with each other and learning. So I think it really has to be integrated. So I right. agree I agree with Kevin here on, on a few of these points in the approach, but man, the more the more integrated it can be, I think that would be I think that would be really, really important. So um, enough of me talking about that. So. <laughs> yeah, so my next piece kind of can segue into that. Um, found an article, Search Engine Lamp was actually just published today. Um, disclosure and transparency the relationship between agency and client. Um, and it, when we, uh, oftentimes I find from when we start to onboard another client, if it's a client that either has not ever had an SEO firm to work with before or is transferring over from another, the ones, the clients that are transferring over from another, mostly it's because the relationship went sour. Uh, maybe not so much for lack of performance, but for lack of communication and they just weren't really sure what they were paying for um, or weren't getting access to. Yeah, I'll be the first one to admit that that a lot of times, uh, you know, we're, I never throughout this podcast has it been like humble, you know, bragging about us. But right. but really, I'll, I'll be the first as the, I think as the founder of the company to say that that we're not we're, we're always a better fit for your second SEO or SEM agency mm -hmm. and it's not that we want to come in and be a hero because I think this plays into the article that that you read I think I know the one that you're talking about is that that you've been there you kind of cut your teeth with someone else and you learned what you didn't know and in some cases yeah it really sucks and it and it, it just grinds my gears every day but it also is passion for for me to drive things forward and do things the right way is that uh, not every case is the same where you got duped but it's false expectations and somebody mm -hmm. didn't explain it to you and take the time to educate you and, and things like that there's a myriad of 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 reasons why and um i i just think that that's that's where that statement comes from yeah but yeah yeah um to kind of <clears throat> not necessarily go away from the article but it made me think off the article um is the, the line of communication. Mm -hmm. uh, Jason, earlier today I asked you, I kind of picked your brain about if uh, we sever ties with the client that we were doing PPC for, that we created the account from scratch, what happens with that account? And you said what I anticipated, you know, it's, well, it's the clients, mm -hmm. you know, that they should get access to it. Right. And it's too often I've heard of stories where they weren't getting access or they were denying, um, the former SEO was de denying the, the company writes because if no it's mine you're paying me you're paying the bill and that's kind of it's kind of interesting to say again not tooting black truck's horn but it's it's so different from what we're for you know it's like any dealership can sell you that Ford truck and their lot it's a matter of what was your experience with the salesman sure. who's selling you that mm -hmm. same F-150 mm -hmm. that's available on every lot you know and it's, it's up to us to be not necessarily salesmen but like to be um, your your client relations, you know, and it's, it's, well, do you have integrity in your, in your work and your yeah, job and your yeah. craft and whatever it is, it, it could be SEO. You could be an iron worker. I don't care yeah. if you have an, if you have integrity in what it is that you're doing, right. 
then that should be, I mean, is it going to suck if you have a client that decides to end the dating or marriage relationship? <laughs> right. Yeah, but what are you going to do? Are you going to sit there and bitch and moan about it? Or are you going to shake hands and say, hey, you know, it's been great. Here you go. Because in the end, you know, I mean, if you if you are that person to play that card, um, just like if you were in-house and played that and you were like, screw you guys, I'm not going to let you know anything. Mm-hmm. Or you were in-house IT and you were like, I'm not going to give you administrative access to Google Analytics. You might take my job. I don't want your job. <laughs> like, right? I mean, just yeah. be nice to people, have integrity in what you're doing and, and like, good things are going to happen right. in that relationship. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're paying. They're paying you to do the items that they don't know how to. Correct. And they may not necessarily want to learn how to do it, but they respect your your ability to do it, and you know just keep that communication going. You know, we have uh, uh, one client that we work with that doesn't. They say we don't want reports, um, but we send them reports anyways, and they can't. It's not necessarily just over communicating and over over customer service it's almost like a cya item too you mm-hmm. know it's mm-hmm. if something down the road were to come happen like oh, we, you know we talked about it here when we delivered this and it's it's twofold in that regard and it's um it's probably trifold too because if you're doing those reports whether whether client wants them or not you're always checking in right so mm-hmm. you kind of got that you got that day-to-day cadence of management uh weekly the various touch points monthly is that big shot overview mm-hmm. that's also a point too where others might be asking the questions you know i might i might jump into that report per se and go oh hey pat where are we at on this so even from an agency or in-house perspective to say like hey you know i understand you don't see value in that but i'm going to keep doing that because i know someone's going to right you know that's a that's a tough one i had a client one time a newer client uh post-implementation deliverable, um, sent him a report, and he's like, what's this? I, I'm not paying for this. Like, no, you yeah. already have. This, yeah. this is part of our initial process. Yep. So this is the follow-through, mm-hmm. finish-up mm-hmm. part. And he's like, oh, oh, you guys are great. So is this the same article that talked about almost like creating somewhat of a, uh, a digital crash plan, if you will, uh, talking about um, Making sure you have things documented. Yeah, the onboarding. Yeah, the yeah, onboarding. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that onboarding list is basically our onboarding list. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it, it is. It's really amazing to me how how logical those items are. Right. And then when you're asking someone those, they go, "Oh God, I don't, I don't know." Yeah. Who's the admin on your Google? So maybe to, maybe maybe we should not even have a conversation about where does your SEO team live. Maybe we should have the conversation of. Who's the owner and controller of these mm-hmm. assets? And that's where's your domain name registered? Uh, who's your hosting provider? Uh, who has access to the Google Analytics account? Who has access to the site? Who has what, like all these security things? What about yeah. the the logo files? Like your right. company account information? Yeah, it's like oh oh, um, gonna get back to you on that <laughs> one. So it's very easy now in the digital economy to get very messy with that. Yes, I think it's very sure. easy to just to share things or have things get get lost in the shuffle too. And, mm-hmm. and then if, especially if you're using emails, your filing system. and How many times have you talked to a client and said, yeah, so it turns out a former employee is right. the admin on that and yep. we don't have access to that. Yep. Yep. No, really good. And I, and I think the touch points, I just pulled that article up. Um, I think you're right. This is great. Just a reminder of 
if you're looking to, if you're, if you're transitioning agencies or you're going from in-house to agency, other way around, it doesn't matter. You, we're all going to need this information at some point in the relationship. So you might as well document it and keep it up to date. And mm-hmm. if you don't have it documented and don't have it up to date, then it's going to be painful for whoever jumps in there. And it's only going to slow things mm-hmm. down. But, yeah. Oh, that's really great. Anybody have one more thing? Anybody? I do have something on um, optimizing PDFs for SEO, but oh, I, can, really? I can share it now or I can share it. I think we should wait till the next time. Okay, I'd love to. Good. I'd love to jump into that next time. Okay. Um, real quick in closing, I think too. Um, so there's some testing going out. Google Ad tag placements in the Google Local Pack. So seeing some ads come up in the in local search, so in the map listings. Um, normally those have been in the same line as review stars, but now if there is no star review, it drops the ads tag even further in listing, so it pushes the ad down. Mm-hmm. Um, that was from Jennifer Slag on the, the SEM post. Um, the other one that's in line with that, that I'm going to continue to do some my own researching on, as back to the DIYer um, uh, comment earlier about midway through this segment, um, I watch a lot of YouTube videos and just how-tos, and when there's things that I'm just kind of like stuck on and I want a little bit like, mm, let's see, um, especially if they're automotive related, what I've noticed now is there's sh- um, a lot more shopping uh, ads that are being injected into the bottom of those YouTube videos yeah. for items related to or very closely in line to what's being talked about in the videos. Mm. It's mm. really interesting. And, that's, and it's happening both... Um, uh, desktop, mobile, tablet. It's happening across Is all, all three style? devices. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Carousel style drops down. It's really kind of wow. neat. So next time I encounter it, I'll, I'll make sure I try and take a screenshot of it. Usually it's like 11 o'clock at night and I'm like laying in bed researching something. Right. So I don't think about like telling Google to screenshot it, but you know, nonetheless, it's, um, it's good stuff. So, um, I think in, in closing, if you uh, if if you haven't yet, uh, be sure to check out our latest uh, our latest blog post, which took what did it go live uh, last week, two weeks ago, on hashtags. Two weeks ago, yep. Yeah, so how to use uh, hashtags and in Instagram for better reach uh, in your audience, and um, and really expanding expanding your social presence that way. So it's a really good piece. Uh, Patrick and Ashley worked on that one. Um, it was Patrick. Was it Patrick? It was all Patrick? It was all Patrick. That was me. Hashtag. Hashtag Patrick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. All right. Hashtag Patrick. All right. Until, uh, until next week, uh, take care and good luck. This has been the Redirect Podcast. Check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher.